Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm a feminist, but when someone asked me what mansplaining meant, and I said, it's when, and a man leaned in and said, it's misused all the time, like whenever a man has an opinion, but really it's for when a man is explaining something a woman already knows. I just let him talk and then made him buy his drinks. (laughs) I'm a feminist, but... I would sell the Spice Girls to Boko Haram to get on Strictly Come Dancing. (laughs) I'm a feminist, but I kind of regret saying on our podcast, The Guilty Feminist, that I can't use tampons because I'm too small down there and I need a special speculum at the gynaecologist because although it's important for women to be able to discuss these things and I should have no shame, now strangers keep messaging me saying, don't worry, you're normal. I also have a small vagina. And be body positive, there's nothing wrong with you. And very brave of you to talk so candidly, I couldn't do it, even allowing for the biological issue. They know too much and I can't put their genie back in my bottle. say each and every one of those listeners who tweeted in if you're listening I'm so thrilled you did and it's so lovely and it makes me feel like I'm in a sharing environment so I'm not 
criticizing any one tweeter. It's just when you get a quantity of messages about the size of your vagina, you suddenly go, oh, I just, you know, we're just having a chat. And then suddenly it's like everywhere I go, people look at me and they go, oh, you do the Guilty Feminist. And then they look down there and they do a sort of sad face, like, oh. And it's just a lot of information to give away, Sarah, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> no, I know what you mean. I wrote a book and in it, I, I was like always just writing stuff that had happened to me, but it's like, it's like writing a diary, you're kind of tapping away, and you don't ever think that you'll just be halfway through urinating. Um, not halfway through urinating, I do close the door, I'm exaggerating. <laughs> I've recently urinated, and then someone going, I had an abortion at 17 as well, like, because mm. oh, <laughs> I yeah. wanted to talk about that in a nightclub. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's, sim it's similar, isn't it? Because you've put that out there, yeah. and of course people want to interact with you about it, but sometimes you just go, which I'd say just slightly less. Yeah, I'll just worn a moustache and used a different name. Uh, <laughs> I am a feminist, but I'd give Donald Trump a blowjob just for the story. <laughs> It'd be a good story. It would be the worst story ever told. But everyone would want to hear it. I don't know that they would. Yeah, yeah, they what, would. What would the story be? Job. Let me talk you through it in stages. Oh. <laughs> would you though? I don't know yeah. that you would. Yeah. Would you? Yeah. For the, I, I don't was... tell him that because he'll definitely oh, take you off. I'm a seven. He has no interest in me. <laughs> um, you are not a seven. Even in Donald Trump's skewed view of the world, I still think you'd be a ten. No way. I'm and a feminist, but <laughs> I can imagine how Donald Trump would number women. <laughs> Yeah, he's been open about it. Yeah, yeah, but he, he wouldn't say you were a seven. Oh, he would. Have you seen some of the women he said? Like, he said Heidi Klum was a nine. Okay, yeah. so just remember his scale. Yeah, okay. That's, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not putting myself down. Now I'm really worried about what I am on the Donald Trump scale. <laughs> I don't want to be worried about That's a terrible thing to worry about. I'm a feminist, but now I'm worried about where I land on the Donald Trump scale. <laughs> you could do another one. Okay. I am a feminist, but I am very competitive and I want to win at it. <laughs> I think you're winning. You're, you listen, you're definitely top 10% of feminism at the moment with your book, Animal. It's a good Top 10% um, isn't high enough. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, no, it is, it is. You might get a letter saying you've won feminism at some point. Yeah. Does the Queen do that like a CBE for a man and know you've won feminism for a I woman? I think they dig up Simone de Beauvoir and give her to you. <laughs> I'd be lucky to get Jermaine Greer's false teeth. <laughs> Live from King's Place in London, the Spotlight Show presents The Guilty Feminist with Deborah Francis White and Sarah Pascoe. Tonight's special guest, Harriet Lloyd, talking about periods. <laughs> This is The Guilty Feminist, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and the hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them. Um, so we're talking about periods today. Now, we've just talked about periods. Yeah. We're doing a part two. Yeah, I loved um, listening to the last podcast about periods. Yeah, with even Mock. Yes, who's yeah. amazing and very honest and open. And she's got PCOS, like I've got, so I was interested to hear about another woman's experience. Yes. Because like she had a four-month period, didn't she? She did, and that's how she knew. She had, And that's polycystic ovaries, if you don't know the acronym. And you have a theory that uh, oh, more... Yeah, a scientifically unproven theory, <laughs> I should stress. <laughs> so lots and lots and lots of people who do comedy who happen to have female bodies 
is far more than the average in society have PCOS and I think because it's a disorder that's all to do with insulin resistance and testosterone we have a very anxiety is stressful job and maybe that's part of it that's my theory mm. but I said that to my hormone doctor and she just like nodded blankly <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't want to do the study I want to fund <laughs> so do you think it's the fact that people with female bodies with PCOS yes. yeah have higher testosterone in the first place that that well, makes them run at a more exactly chicken scary or egg, job chicken or egg or is pounding around the country yep. polycysticizing our ovaries well, absolutely <laughs> but also there are things that you can do that kind of reduce your insulin resistance and one of those things is having a very sugary poor diet and also when your body releases adrenaline and you don't exercise which is what happens when you're on stage you get very nervous for a gig your body releases adrenaline it doesn't go anywhere it's then stored as fat around your pancreas <gasps> so all of these things do kind of feed in because right? yeah because what you don't want to be is very reductive and go oh, of course i've got men's jobs I've got too much testosterone see yeah it's no very tense it's <laughs> sarah what was your challenge i was thinking about empathy and i was thinking about understanding things that don't happen to you or you don't experience and i was thinking that when it comes to periods some people because they have male bodies or for other a multitude of reasons that are too many to list they don't menstruate some of them are children anyway i was thinking about how can i let my work colleagues who don't menstruate or my friends both my boyfriend and my dad are men and how do I let them understand what I'm going through and the physical aspect of what I go through when I menstruate is I mean the, the idea of like cramps and bleeding I do think that men can understand just like how I can imagine what it feels like to be kicked in the balls just from how sad they seem when I <laughs> when I do it so um <laughs> I'm not saying, oh, you can possibly understand pain or bleeding. I think they can. But what I was thinking of, the thing that I find very difficult to make them understand is the emotional side, like the PMT. It's very difficult for me to kind of, always try to convince them, like, no, no, this is my personality and this is hormones. You can't tell me off for this one. And um, so what I've decided is to invest all of my money into creating a five-minute infomercial based on something that happened to me eight days ago when I was two days before my period. And then it continued throughout my period and it's continuing mm, kind of up until now. And so this is my infomercial. <clears throat> this is my infomercial. So at the beginning we were like cheerful music. We can add this in post. Yeah, sure. Oh, just mm, it's just Sarah on her way to the station to go to work. She walks down the road and she turns down an alley. It's quite long. It's like 60 metres. And then music changes into desperately sad music. There's a dead cat. I can see it's a ginger, I can see its legs and its tail and it's um, at the other end of the alley and I'm two days before my period and my eyes instantly fill with tears and it's not just like this cat is dead obviously and obviously there's death and obviously I love animals but I understand that they die but um, so I started thinking about my first cat who's called Roly and he got run over and my dad picked us up from school with him in a black bin bag um, which has made it more traumatic and also then the next day my neighbours said that he committed suicide to get away from our family so no so I was thinking about that but then I was thinking about this family who are about to have their hearts broken and I just decided as I was walking towards it that I am not going to go into work I'm going to look and see if it's got a collar with a number on it and I'm going to ring it and take it to them really safely and thoughtfully and even if I have to wait around sitting outside the house and then I thought well, maybe have a microchip I could take it to the vet but anyway, they've obviously. Anyway, and then I got to it and I kind of bent down and it was a log. <laughs> um, it, it, it had always been a log. Uh, my eyes had been so full of tears that I hadn't seen 
And then you would think, oh, then obviously you probably stopped crying. Nope. Um, because I was still aware, suddenly I was aware of, well, someone's cat died today. Like, statistically, cats died today. Animals were probably put down. There were other accidents. I hate cars. And then I started thinking about, well, trees. Like, does it hurt trees? <laughs> they lose logs. Like, actually, I'm not being empathetic enough to all of the pain in the world, but a log is not an excuse not to go to work. So I had to go in. And so then the next day, kind of cheerful music again. Da, 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 Sarah's back. And da, da. apart from the second I hit the alley, saw the log started crying again. Um, again, just thinking about death and mortality and what a terrible, terrible world it is. And then this continued throughout my period. Well, the first day of my period, I cried for the entire world and all of the pain in it. Every day I've cried walking along this alley until today where I'm still really sad, but I feel like it's receding. But I will never, ever forget that deadlock and what it's done. And then there'll be like a, the theme tune and then the tagline, which will be like, she's not mental, she's menstruating. <laughs> and then they'll understand it. Yeah, then they'll understand it. Good work, Tom. Solid work. Yeah. I mean, it would be a useful infomercial and I think it should be made and played in schools. And right. offices, every morning. <laughs> As we salute it. <laughs> Welcome to the stage, the wonderful Sarah Pascoe. Hello, hiya. I started my periods when I was 12, and because I was very worldly and an overachiever, I knew exactly what was happening, and I shouted downstairs to my mum, I'm pregnant! <laughs> and um, my mum rushed upstairs, realised exactly what was happening, and I told her, and she took me to our local Tesco, where she proceeded to buy every single sanitary product that Tesco's offered, and this was a mega store. And um, when we were at the till, and my mum was loading up the conveyor belts with cotton in different shapes, sizes and absorbances. The lady behind the till kind of gives my mum this kind of questioning look. And this woman's name is Barbara. And the reason I know that is four years later I worked at this Tesco and this was the second job that I faked my own death to get out of. Um, (laughs) I'll explain. Basically, um, the first job that I faked my death to get out of wasn't even a real job, it was just work experience while I was at school. (laughs) I'd picked the placement with the shortest amount of hours, which is in a children's nursery, and it was only 9 till 12, but on my first day I got this horrendous migraine, and I asked if I could go home, and the teacher said no. So the next day, to punish her, I rang up pretending to be my mother, and I said that I had leukaemia, and (laughs) why hadn't they sent me home? We might have caught it sooner. Um, Tesco is what I said. My three-month appraisal, they said that I was an unreliable member of staff and that I talked too much, and I told them that it was because of a brain tumour and that I'd been garnering support from co-workers. And then I had to leave very shortly afterwards before they realised that my brain was terrific. So Barbara, she kind of gives my mum this questioning look. And my mum answers that look by going... Sarah started her period. <laughs> right, which was true. But she continued... She's a woman now, which was not true. (laughs) I was 12. I didn't become a woman until two years ago at 32 when I first selected almond paste instead of peanut butter. It also happened in a Tesco. Um, <laughs> but my mum continued, like, we didn't have anything in the house. She's only got toilet paper in her pants. <laughs> and 
I was flooded with adrenaline, which is what they call nature's fight-or-flight response, except neither of those responses was appropriate. I couldn't hit her, and I couldn't run away. She was driving me home. So my body reacted in the most noble way that it could by having a nosebleed. Well, I was frozen. <laughs> frozen on the spot. And then Barbara, because she was a bit of a wit, she's like, oh, look, she's bleeding from both ends now. <laughs> and they all had a bit of a laugh. And, <laughs> and now I still don't think it's funny. But no, I, I do, I do. And, 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 and we have to laugh, don't we, guys? Um, thanks so much, bye. <laughs> challenge was last time I tried to use a moon cup because it's very ethical and you know you can wash them and all of that but as I explained last time I'm quite small Mm. they do have two sizes of moon cup don't they well that's one thing I didn't know so I can't use a tampon so I thought I wouldn't be able to use it but I found I could get it in and I did feel it a lot but when I opened it when I went to pull it out it opened inside me like an umbrella and so it was very painful coming out and I was as I said in the last podcast basically it was me in a hotel room in Manchester going and then bringing up a sort of chalice of blood like a scene out of Game of Thrones I was actually thinking from the sound it sounded like the beginning of The Lion King but one that I would definitely watch oh the moon cup lineage yeah yeah the moon cup king so loads of people tweeted in and said you've just got to stick with it and you can learn how to do this so my new challenge was to learn how to use the moon cup so I went and watched the instructional video I know there's an instructional video who knew I did not know that and first of all the first thing they say is there's two sizes I didn't have the mini size and they kept saying the mini size the small size is for women under 30 who haven't given birth Mm. and they kept going on about it that's who it's for and I was like inclusion can I please be included in that group I have not given birth but I am not this will come to shock to some of you under 30 (gasps) (laughs) but I did I tried with the smaller one and then also I used the instructional video to get it out and it was a bit better you still have to open it inside of you to get it out and that is still tricky for me but it was better with the small one and better with using instructions so I am going to stick with the moon cup gang it sounds like a sort of children's afternoon show to say, like the press gang. The Moon Cup Gang. They're, they're yeah. solving crimes together, solving mysteries. Yeah, um, they're, they're brilliant. Also, and there are lots of charities who give moon cups to women in the third world or after disasters because obviously you can just give someone one thing and then suddenly they can. Yeah, they yeah. Can, you can wash it. So if you're listening at home and you were thinking that I gave up too quickly on the moon cup, I didn't. I'm moon cupping it upright nice and I'm learning and I'm growing and I'm sharing by each month just collecting my blood in a little cup rather than <laughs> letting it go into cotton and throwing that cotton into the sea because of what a responsible feminist Do I am. Do you drive to the sea to get rid of your... <laughs> <laughs> it's your sandwich at house. Like, Sorry, I've got to go Brighton. <laughs> I'm back in three hours. <laughs> Every single month, I get grotty and annoyed. Things I blame include my husband, my cats, the fact that I have nothing to wear. Nothing to wear, nothing. 
I have nothing to wear. I don't have one thing that looks good on me. I have nothing to wear. I don't have anything appropriate for anything I'm doing. I don't have anything that looks good to work in, to go, to go to a party, to stay home in. I look hideous in every single thing in my wardrobe. You don't understand, I have nothing to wear. I hate all of the things that there are to wear in my wardrobe and in all shops. <laughs> the fact that I am lazy and never get any work done, that makes me grumpy. I am so lazy, I am so fucking lazy. Why do I just go on Facebook all the time? Why don't I ever do anything? I never do anything productive with my life. My whole life is wasted. All I do is waste time on Facebook looking at other people's better lives. Why? Why do every month? Why? Why? Why do I? Why? Why am I so lazy? Why don't I write anything? I'm actually asking for an answer. I've got scripts to write. Why am I not writing those scripts? I could be writing more for this. I could be doing anything with my life. I could be doing something productive. I could be doing a medical degree to help people. I could be doing a medical degree to help. I could be becoming a psychiatrist to help children. Do I do that every month? I don't do it. Every month I continue not to do productive, useful things. I do nothing in terrible clothes. Terrible, hateful clothes that make me look awful and make me feel like everybody else is better than me. Every month I do bad things in bad clothes. I do nothing worse than bad things. I do no things in bad, terrible, terrible clothes. Every month, every single month, I feel, I feel grotty and annoyed because I feel sick in the stomach. Every, mo every month I feel so sick in my terrible clothes while just being on Facebook. And, and, and like, I mean, I genuinely, why do I have to go to the loo more often? That makes me grumpy. I have to go to the loo all of the time. Why? I'm so grumpy about that. It's ridiculous. Do you know what else is ridiculous? Politics. Politics is as ridiculous as me having to go to the loo six times in a row when I've just been. And I just look at politics on Facebook, which why am I on that? I should be working. But I can't work because what would I wear? Maybe it isn't even a terrible stomach complaint. A terrible stomach complaint is going to ruin my life. It, maybe it isn't. Maybe I'm pregnant. Maybe. Oh, maybe I'm pregnant. When was my last period? Uh, every month. Every month since I was 14. Every fucking month. It's the same surprise. <laughs> Please welcome our very special guest, Carrie Ann Lloyd! It took Carrie a while to get to the stage. That's why I sort of I didn't want the applause to die, because Carriad is currently not menstruating. <laughs> I wanted to talk about periods, which I feel is a bit naughty for someone who hasn't had one for a while. But it's like I miss them, guys. <laughs> Remember periods? And if you're listening at home, she's pregnant. Yeah, we right. haven't said that. <laughs> it took her a long time to get to the stage because she's I'm really not menstruating. She's pregnant. As well. Give me yeah. a sec. Is this your last gig before the baby this pops out? Is the last gig before the baby? Unless because I'm self-employed, if anyone offers me something. And they go, we'll give you £10. I'll be like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. <laughs> so this is your last official gig, but yeah. if anybody's got a sort of birthday party they need entertainment at on the way out the door... Yeah, birthday party, you want to see a pregnant clown? <laughs> How terrifying would that be? Oh, and then you could give birth to another tiny Ooh, clown. A tiny clown! Oh. Covered in blood and screaming. <laughs> 
So, Carrie, do you do period characters, don't you? You do period comedy. <laughs> I want to say it's like period drama, but it's not. <laughs> I so want to do period drama that I am in an improv group called Austin Tatis, which yes. does Jane Austen. That's how desperate I am to do period drama. And I'm yes. Yes. Yeah, have you seen so Austin Tatis? Two, two three people. Thanks, guys. And Jane Austen, such a proto-feminist. <gasps> She's oh, amazing. Yeah. She's yeah. amazing. I do also do character stand-up, and I have a character who does period jokes just in case anyone's like, all her characters are period-based. No, 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 I, I didn't mean to imply that. What's your period-based So I have a character called the Sanitary Bag Lady, which some people get very quickly, thanks. You're my kind of audience, and most people are confused. So you know when you go into, like, old toilets, so, like, village hall toilets, or, like, primary... Not primary school. That's a bit weird. <laughs> teacher's like, bit of Teacher's bit of primary, primary school. school. And there's a white bag to put your sanitary products in. And sometimes there's a daisy on that bag, but mostly it's a black and white woman, and I'll stand up to show you what she's doing. You won't do, but she's kind of lifting her skirt, like... <laughs> and she looks like a sort of 19th century... In my head, 19th century Southern Belle. So I do a character where I've built myself a giant hat... <laughs> As if I am the white bag, and I'm the sanitary bag lady. And I come out, and I sniff to see if anyone's bleeding. <laughs> and I, yeah, I have red lipstick all over my face, and I, I try and... She tries to do stand-up about Andrew Lloyd Webber. That, that was just something else that amused me. It's nothing to do with periods, it was just other material. But every now and again, I stop, and I go... I smell bleeding. <laughs> Somebody here bleeding. <sighs> Because Mama's hungry. Oh! <laughs> and then I, yeah, and then I try and find out who's bleeding. And then I go back and I, I try and... Have you ever accidentally gone up to a woman who really is menstruating? The, the best thing is when you do it, because obviously you can normally see the audience and you'll see a woman looking at you and her face is going, do not, do not. <laughs> and obviously I know that look. So I try and give another look, which is like, don't worry, I'm going to not choose you. I try and choose the woman who obviously is not bleeding because sometimes they look at you like... And also, when you say, I can smell mm. bleeding, obviously, as a woman, they go, oh, my God, they can smell me, my tampon's leaking. Like, that's... Yeah. The they think you're, like, the Darren Brown of menstruation. <laughs> that's what I would think. I would think well, you have special powers. Um, I did a gig, and a man, a man came up to me afterwards, bless him, because, like, he wasn't... He didn't mean to be weird, but he was like... Oh, I, I enjoyed your character. I, I don't really know anything about periods, but um, it was it was interesting. And he was like, I just want to ask you, can can you smell them? Is that a thing? And I was like, Oh, it's so sweet that you've asked me, but no. Oh, oh Jordana Cooper at my school was <laughs> such a horrible bee, and she would tell people she could smell that you were on your period. But yeah, it's like that's a, it's a, yeah, it's a school. Yeah, you can't. But bless him, he thought that it was based on fact that women could smell each other, and he just hadn't been told. Once we were talking about the pressure for women to be underweight in Hollywood and I said, I really find it difficult to watch like a sitcom or something if I can see the woman's not menstruating. And my friend looked at me and she went, how can you tell? And I went, just, you know, if they're really mm. underweight. And she went, oh, I thought you meant I can't watch a show if the women aren't on their period <laughs> when they're making it. And I thought, God, if she imagined that I was looking at people on television going, you're not menstruating, this is... <laughs> Say yes to the dress, fine. <laughs> it'd be nice. It'd be good if you could know your friends are menstruating. Well, we tell each other. Me and yeah. Sarah text each other quite a lot yeah. when we're well, I mean, periods. yeah. Cariad is my go-to person for... Any period. <laughs> yeah, my, any period, the emotion, especially when I'm overdue on and it's been a long time coming and no-one else understands. Like, the lead-up when it's been just so long. Oh, the hormonal lead-up. Yeah, the hormonal thing. <laughs> Which I haven't I had, had for a while. story about you. Oh, right. And I've never... And my periods, so I get around. Come on. I've never asked you about it. But oh, yeah, this story. I... Oh, God. <laughs> I know the one no, you're going to say. I've never asked about it, but when I'm in the Edinburgh Festival... 
in order to sort of stress relief and also if I get bad back or whatever, I visit this incredible massage therapist called Jill McLagan. She is an angel who walks among us. Yes, we call her the witch or the angel. <laughs> but one time I was doing a show and I had a cast and I was the director. So I decided to give everybody the gift of Jill McLagan. Day one of Edinburgh, when everyone's feeling all positive, I gave them all a voucher to go and see Jill McLagan. I said, at some point in this fringe, you're just going to feel like you can't go on. That's when you go and see Jill McLagan and she'll massage you and you walk away like you're walking on air. And one of my cast went... <gasps> The witch. And I went, what? She said, I've heard tell of her. She said, Carrie Lloyd couldn't get her period. And she went to Jill McClagan mm. and Jill McClagan said, okay, would it be convenient for you to get it tonight? Oh, yes, that's and true. And you that's said, true. yes, yeah, that'd be great. And then she put her hands on you in a special place and yeah. she did things. And then that, and lo, your period came on that night. I had now, forgotten that, yeah. I went to see Jill McClagan the next day for my massage and I said, I've heard a story about you. And she went, what? And I said, I heard you are a witch and you can bring on a period and she laughed and laughed and laughed as Jill does she laughs yeah. at almost everything yeah. she's brilliant and she said I know exactly who that was <laughs> and she said it's not magic it's just it's interconnective tissue yeah. if you know where to press you know how to release it so it's tense. I go to see Jill for something called craniosacral because I am a hippie <laughs> so I don't even go for massage what I like about Jill you can go and see her for very hippie things but she's incredibly practical and doesn't indulge you in anything but yeah she did say to me I was, it was my second year at Edinburgh and I was so stressed. I think I was like a month and a half late and it, I was insane. I also had concussion and, um, yeah, because I'd, I'd head-butted a door. <laughs> I nearly passed out in a show. And, uh, yeah, she did. She said, would it be all right if you got your period tonight? And I was like, yes, please, God, just release the blood. And, yeah, she did. But, yeah, she will be very practical about it. Like, oh, it's just muscles, but yeah, we know the truth. She doesn't want to get burnt, which is fair enough. <laughs> yeah. She's but trying I thought that fascinating. And I thought, well, why, don't, why aren't we taught where to press for ourselves? Because I, I, I think, I think because it. it's not science... No, with her, it was like tension. She was like Come specifically. On, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna Jill, just. No, she, she was. If Sarah, Sarah, with, like, Sarah is very skeptical of anybody touching her. Things that haven't been proven yeah. in. Well, we Perhaps. don't know if that's been proven though, because we haven't looked at the Jill yeah. McLagan. Also, evidence based, you haven't been to her, Sarah. Yeah. So two out of three I'm sending people. you to Jill McLagan next festival. And you will come away converted. If your period was as late as it sometimes is, and I sent you to Jill. <laughs> the thing is, they're so clever. <laughs> That's the thing. Well, so Pasco gets really fun. Pasco gets funny about alternative. I think whatever people do that makes them happy is fantastic. But people at home should not be thinking, oh, there's a connective tissue I can press that will bring on a late period. No, no, what so I would say, though... John McClagan cannot what, hear this What now. I would say is, if you are tense... And that's like the reason I didn't have my period was I was tense. So if you're tense and you have oh, period, something relaxing. Yeah, that's basically what I mean. Get drunk, get, I say. Sometimes <laughs> that'll do it. That'll do it. Buy half a wine. Bingo. Of Jill because she has, and I'm so look. I'm married to Tom Slinsky. You are not allowed in my house to believe anything that hasn't been proven double blind. And I think I'm with somebody like that because mm. I was a Jehovah's Witness, and there was just everything was just you just believe it because you believe it. So I'm very like, but I do believe if Jill McLagan, <laughs> we're really presses, Jill McLagan here. if she presses on the right things and then your period is released it's just a body isn't it it's just it's like anything it's just, if it gets clogged it was very, up very relaxing and it really yes. helped and I don't have a problem talking about periods and Sarah and I often text each other about mm. periods yeah. and when I started doing this character I wasn't like oh I'm going to do a period it's like I genuinely saw the paper bag and thought oh I could do that lady mm. that's funny um, but you've always been incredibly open as a human. I met Carrie in my first year of university. I'm a lucky girl. And you changed my life because you talked about things in such an upfront, unashamed way. Like, you taught me so much because of that. And I think that's what you took into your comedy. It's hard because I guess I was raised 
in quite a hippie household. I didn't think it was shocking doing period comedy until I started doing it and saw people's face and saw women. This is what got me so angry about it. Women going, ah, oh, ah, oh, stop it. Like in the audience, as I mentioned blood. I thought it would be the men. And honest to God, most of the time it was the women who were very uncomfortable but you have this about brilliant it. rant in it which you kind of improvise and I've seen her carry this character a few times and I love it so much it's, it's, but it's a rant about basically the surrealism of being expected to behave like a normal person when I you scree- are bleeding I scream in a man's face <laughs> for, I'm not, for five minutes and I scream in his face and it ends up with me screaming we bleed motherfucker we bleed in, in his face because I'm like can you man in a world where men don't bleed because she doesn't think men don't bleed sanchez, but she thinks there's a sanchez bag prince who she's going to marry oh. <laughs> she's i know unfortunately she's very old-fashioned <laughs> all she wants to do is get married and she thinks men are better than them she wants sanchez bag prince he wears a top hat and tails and tap dances by the urinals and she's heard <laughs> and so i do this thing about can you imagine a world where men don't bleed and i get in a man's face but it has backfired it has backfired <laughs> i had one very aggressive incident where I had to stop. Oh, wow. What happened? Uh, can you believe this? It was at a charity gig to raise money for abortion support. Oh. And you would have thought what? a liberal audience. Hashtag context. They were not liberal. And, uh, yeah, I went... I was screaming in a man's face and they didn't understand and they sort of... He tried to grab the mic off me and... <gasps> There's nothing worse than having your face... Did you shout, abort, abort, abort? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had it done. But I have my face covered in lipstick and, honestly, the hat is, like, almost four foot high. Like, it's huge. And I had to... And I had Sarah's voice in my head because Sarah's very good when things go wrong at gigs. She, like, just talks to the people like they're people, whereas my instinct is, like, fuck you! But I, I had to take the hat off and go, it's just a character. Should we talk about what's happening? <laughs> and they... Um, he was going, you're just disgusting you're disgusting and pointing at me then he tried to grab the mic off me and that's when I lost it I was so awful like a teacher I went I'm doing my job and you are not allowed to take the microphone off me (laughs) I said I don't come to where you're working and tell you to stop so you can just wait till after the gig (laughs) this real drama teacher appeared did he respond to that he walked off yeah I wrote about it actually for the Guardian because they were talking about oh like funny heckler situations and it wasn't funny I think it was a bit of a misunderstanding I think he thought I was saying that men don't care about periods and his wife had really bad periods and he was trying to say I I've I suffered care. and I was like I'm not su- oh it was Why? abortion support when, when gigs he was trying to say I've suffered because my wife's got bad periods no, oh think- fuck off <laughs> <laughs> I've suffered because I had to watch my wife give birth to triplets <laughs> well, and I had to hold her hand and everything and I felt her pain I felt her pain I really felt it I felt it and I checked yeah. the football scores but I felt her pain <laughs> but that's the only time it's mostly I'd say it's, it's often women have come up and been like oh that was very uncomfortable when you were talking about periods and that made me want to do the character more and more why is it that it's so uncomfortable to talk about why, why, why are we, we learn it? we learn it that's it conditioned is the right word we are taught to hide something at the very beginning and not let other people know depending on people's parenting or sometimes things aren't explained very well or they're given a book or a leaflet but the whole well, thing yeah, is I remember, other people shouldn't um, know at primary school on the last year of primary school we were separated into boys and girls yeah. and the girls got taken off into the library and we were given the period talk and the boys, I still don't know what, what they got they told. They were taught to lie. <laughs> uh, probably like investment banking or like <laughs> how to do an ISA or what you got told. And patriarchy 101, yeah. how to dominate and for they, life. And they still do that and it's terrible. They yeah. still, they're I, still separating. Even that, that, was, this room will be menstruation, this will be man spreading. Yeah. And I remember being 10 and thinking, oh, okay, well, we're not allowed to tell the boys this stuff. Even though like none of us had had a period and mainly it was poor Mrs. Rogers going, I thought I was dying. <laughs> and I don't want you to think you were dying. And all of us were like, what are you talking about? Yeah. We have no concept. And I remember when, you know, at secondary school, tampons fall out your bag.
bag mm. and everyone's like, ugh, gross. The best thing was when some tampons fell out and a boy was like, ugh, sanitary towels. And I was like, they're tampons, they're different. And I was, yeah, didn't have a boyfriend for quite a long time. So <laughs> My little sister once, so before, when we were very young children, before either of us had our periods, my mum was in the hairdressers and she'd kind of left us looking after her back and we found tampons that didn't know what they were. So we drew faces on all of them. <laughs> and then we're, and then we're playing with our dollies. <laughs> these new dollies that we'd made. I think that was like the worst day of her life. <laughs> like, like, like cotton real yeah, dolls. Yeah, because she was, oh, couldn't my. get to us, having her hair down, which is in the window. They are and up so and cut. Yes. <laughs> little fellas. They are so cute. They're so cute. Tampons and are also, lovely. And also, that's the thing about the learned stuff and the difficulty of unlearning it. Yeah. It's a piece of cotton, but you, you make all these connections. Like the minute someone knows you're on your period, they're thinking about your genitals yeah. and things and like that. I think it's, you're very awkward as a teenager and everything's embarrassing. So I think yeah. that gets wrapped up in... Yeah, it's in, the worst time everything. for that to happen, yeah. actually. But yeah. I am now a moon cover. Are you? Yeah, I'm now a moon cover. So high I five, sister. High, high five, five moon, moon cups. Yeah, it does take ages. I always say to people, keep going with it. But also, don't be embarrassed if you have to have a tampon day. Like, if it's just yeah. too much. Or in my case, a sanitary napkin day. Oh, a sanitary napkin. Yeah. yeah, whatever. If you need a day off, I think don't feel guilty. Because sometimes... Oh, no. What? I've already got <sighs> a yeah, period. Exactly. Fuck feeling guilty. <laughs> I'm trying to do moon cups, but if I fail at that... Yeah. <sighs> I'm a bad feminist, so and I get uh, yeah. I've got my period. Shut up! <laughs> I get really heavy periods, so sometimes that moon cup can't cope. My cup floweth over. over. Yeah. Oh. And so it, sometimes I've had to be like, okay. But I did a video, a spoof. I love this. Oh. <laughs> we should talk about this because the tampon um, tax as yeah, well. Yeah. So the tampon. So I did this with Jenny Bede, another brilliant comedian. We did a spoof Taylor Swift video of bad blood about the tampon tax, and we had a line in it about um, drinking Lambrini from our, from moon cups. <laughs> So this is what I only bought the moon cup as a prop. Sure. And the lady in boots was like, oh, oh do you use them? I want to try. And I had to be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But inside was like, this for a video for a joke. Uh-huh. And um, at the end shot of the video, we had Lambrini and moon cups and we like did them like shots. And so then me and Jen were like, well, we could just wash these and then you use them. Because so you've done a shot out of your moon cup. Out of your my moon, moon cup's famous. Right. Your moon cup's been in a music it's video. Music you video, are the guys. fucking coolest feminist in the world. <laughs> I did a shot out of my moon cup, made a music video. Yeah. Then I put it inside of me. That's right. You're the most rock and roll feminist in the world. I mean, I don't care if Susie Quattro comes through the door right now with a big placard that says votes for women. Lambrini shot doesn't seem as cool. (laughs) I don't know that. But yeah, I did. I boiled it up. I'm I'm practical now. But I can't do it out of the one I've already used. Boil them up, mate. No. I boil cannot, them up. Everything's I clean enough to boil. Look, I want to be really cool with periods and stuff, and I'm kind of getting better at that stuff because I do realise it's conditioning, but I will never, ever, ever do a shot of tequila <laughs> out of a pre-used moon cup. You're missing out. I would have to buy a brand new out. moon cup for that. Is that... Am I wrong? No, I think, I think all of us are allowed to have our own limits. <laughs> that is I, my I, limit. If there was alcohol involved, enough. I would do a shot out of any of your moon cups. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Can we have a question from the audience, please? Can we have a question? Hi, I'm uh, a doctor, so I'm used to talking to people uh, who have female bodies about periods. I know all about luteal phases and follicular phases, norephisterone and methanamic Humble acid. Humble brag, we, we, we don't. <laughs> I know, and, we are all very excited now. And yeah. before that, um, from the age of about seven, my mum sent me to the corner shop to, uh, to buy Tampax. And it was always Tampax, to the extent that then I was, uh, I was quietly horrified when my girlfriend was using her own brand, period, <laughs> oh. uh, tampons. Yeah. So it turns out, oh, I brought you some premium tampons isn't a great present. <laughs> um, on average Wednesday it might be all right, but not for a birthday or an anniversary. <laughs> I'd avoid it entirely at Valentine's. <laughs> I'm just so... imagining him like, pulling it out, like, you're better than this. <laughs> 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 Don't cheapen yourself. <laughs> so and what was the question? Well, my question is, despite all that, I think that... Actually, I have no understanding of the reality of going to work and going to the loo and being like, oh, now I'm bleeding out my genitals. I haven't brought enough clean pants to work. Mm, and, yeah. and if I don't understand that, then what do you think has to change so that um, every other you know, white cis male mm. can understand the reality of what it's actually like to live I, with I having periods? I totally commend you for asking a question about it and being informed about it and I think like all aspects of feminism all we can do is keep talking about it keep un- unashamedly talking about it and you know keep doing characters about keep it doing characters and allowing people to ask questions so that's the other half yeah, of it yeah. I think in terms of human experience we don't really understand what anyone else is ever going through but if we are permissive to like oh, you can ask a stupid question and not be called ignorant but interested and vice versa I can't understand what it would be like to have a wet dream I wish I could <laughs> I wish, I wish yeah. I'd just have one and be like, I know of a period as a it wet sounds dream. amazing. So no, unfair. I know. Nobody would, nobody would be, because there would still be embarrassment and humiliation. Imagine if you live with your parents, you're a teenage boy. This, but there are still, we all of us have very, very different experiences. And it is, it's like, as Carrie said, it's the conversation. And yeah, be, like, I've had several com- with my husband over the years where I've said things and then realised he doesn't know. And, and I one day was explaining, this might be too much information, but we've talked about this, about like when it's heavy and it's yeah. like the kind of the globules, you know what I mean? When it's like, you're almost impressed with yourself. Because <laughs> you're like, wow. I, it's like, is that a child? Is that yeah, half a do. child? Sometimes what it seems like they are bits of limbs and, of babies. Yeah. And I was yeah. trying to say this to my husband. I was trying to, and he was like, what? Like, and he's again, very open. But he, yeah. he was like, what? And I just thought, oh yeah, of course, you've never had a period. You don't know what it's like when it like it hits the water. Like it is a powerful job. And then and I was like, oh, he just doesn't know. And, I thought that's fine. That's t- like I think it's just making sure you have the conversation and you don't feel bad for asking. And also with women, I think it's really important that we don't go, oh, I don't want to tell you. Oh, it's gross. Or you know, you can obviously. I think I do often say, do you mind if I go into detail? Because <laughs> sometimes they're eating or <laughs> you know, if you're having raspberry jelly or something, it's... <laughs> or ketchup. I've, I've particularly <laughs> talked about it as he's like putting ketchup on a bacon sandwich, and <laughs> he's like, oh. <laughs> he just waited two you minutes. Ruined. Yeah. So I think but, it's just keeping the communication going. And I think 
as you're a medical professional, being open to sort of talk about it and perhaps like educating young people about it. Because I think if it was a more open conversation where we were all in the same room, yeah, like yeah. I think it probably is in Scandinavia where the boys, they tell you, well, this might happen to a boy, this might happen to a girl. Like I didn't know a penis got erect until I saw one. Now, I have had a very sheltered... I was going to say, well, we, we covered that in the, when they took us aside. <laughs> no, no, we didn't. I didn't know penises got erect until I saw an erect penis. And I went, oh, that's how it goes in. <laughs> that's literally the first wow. time. I know what most of you are wondering is... Um, so, Deborah, what was it like before the Second World War? <laughs> but, <laughs> genuinely, I just had a sheltered upbringing and I just didn't know. So I think, yeah. you know, I could learn more about your body too, sir, and you could learn more about mine. The rest of you can go. That is a fantastic... <laughs> Exceptional chat up line. <laughs> I don't That's know how penises work. Can you show me? <laughs> Follow the Guilty Feminist on Twitter at guiltfempod. Check out our Instagram, Instagram.com/slash/theguiltyfeminist. Like our Facebook page. Sign up to the mailing list to get notified as soon as the new episode is released. And please go to iTunes and rate, review, and subscribe. It helps other people find the podcast. Cariad, thank you so much for joining us. We are out of time. Have you got anything to plug? Uh, <laughs> Pop in my vagina, right, guys? <laughs> no, I need my cervix open at the moment. Um, basically, you can see me uh, ostentatious are normally touring, and so you can find us on Twitter at Austin Impro or ostentatiousimpro.com, which is an improvised Jane Austen comedy, which I don't talk about periods that much. It's a period drama, guys, but without the blood. Uh, or you can find me on Twitter at Lady Cariad, where I will maybe be talking about the gigs that I'm trying to get out of. Did anyone bring tampons or anything oh, for yeah. Cariad tonight? Uh, we asked because she's got a refuge charity. Sorry, not that sounded <laughs> terrible. Did anyone bring her a tampon because she's going to get a period quite soon? Um, uh, I should very quickly say, I basically recently thought, uh, oh, well, I, I, if anyone's seen I, Daniel Blake, and there was yeah. the bit, the, the awful bit where they, she's in the food bank and she wants sanitary towels and they don't have them. That's not a spoiler, don't worry. So I just Googled, like, local refuge centres in my area and then I emailed them and said, do you want tampons and they were like yes please so if anyone has any unused <laughs> unused tampons if you don't that's fine but if you do have a box at home do google your local area because there will be a women's center or you know a refuse center drop-in center and they are always looking for donations of sanitary towels or tampons there are also some incredible charities that exist now some of them exist in places that are war-torn or have experienced disasters but where they basically make machines that can mm, yes, make sanitary yeah. towels or make tampons there are parts of the world where girls can't go to school when they're on their period and there are charities who donate sanitary products or educate about sanitary products there so actually it's the kind of thing that if you google and this is your interest area there are things you can really help and with a very little money there is a sanitary bag prince who is a man in india who invented a machine that makes sanitary <gasps> towels and it's it, real he in my Tap head he is, he is the sanitary bag prince and it was such a shame in the like everyone was so ashamed of him in the village he had to wear a bladder of blood a pig's blood to test it himself because none of the women would do it you can watch a YouTube video about how he's taken it out to um, wow. Indian villages so yeah basically Google how can I help women with periods because we all have them we do Sarah do you have anything to plug I have a book called Animal which has some stuff about periods in it and also lots of other stuff very, very good very really good. thanks very good. guys <laughs> thanks uh, <laughs> no it's one of my favourite books that I've read in the last couple of years and like, sure, thank you. so good if you're listening to this podcast you work at the core demographic yeah, of this book it's right up your alley so uh, to speak it is, it is. Uh, and I am hosting a comedy panel show called Global Pillage and you can find that at globalpillage.net Yay. 
you have been listening to The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis White. Guest host Sarah Pascoe and our special guest, Carrie Ackley. The recording engineer was Chris Sharp. Music was by Mark Hodge. Producer was Tom Solinsky from the Spontaneity Shop. Thanks to Zoe, Meta, Lauren, and everyone at Kick Space, as well as all of you for listening. More information about this and other episodes, visit guiltyfeminist.com. I have to say, since I just want to clarify, since doing the video, I now only use it as moon cut. No, 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 we all we all got alternate. Just that's how it got used. Hello, guilty feminists! Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for writing in. Thank you for all your support over the last year. Now, many of you have expressed a desire to get involved, to make some of these challenges real and alive, especially along the lines of career development, not apologising, stepping into the space. So we have some workshops. Now, these are just the start. We're just testing the waters here in London, and then hopefully we'll be able to bring them around the country and. Even wider internationally. The first two will be on the 22nd and 23rd of April. Jessica Regan, who's an actor who was in the Genderblind Henry V, and I are going to do a workshop on big speeches, uh, male speeches from Shakespeare, speeches from history, taking the space and owning it. You can book for those workshops on guiltyfeminist.com. The price will be £50 for a day workshop. But there will be £10 places for those who cannot afford the £50. And please chip in a little bit more for another feminist to join the workshop if you can afford more. We want these to be accessible to everyone and intersectional. Um, we also have more of a corporate leadership day. Many of you know that I go into the corporate world and work with women on taking up the space. So there's going to be a very big leadership event uh, with me speaking and other brilliant people that you can work with. Uh, a special Guilty Feminist episode uh, on negotiation. Uh, with Suzanne Williams, who is uh, well known for negotiating with people who have hostages for the government uh, and for other organisations. And that is going to be an incredible special leadership day. Hopefully you can get your company to sponsor you to come on that if you are in the corporate world. That day will be £195, but again, there'll be £10 places. Please chip in more if you can or pay if you can. If you can't, please write in and you can go on our list for a £10 place. Details of all these things are on Guilty Feminine. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.